Welcome back to the Digital Dive, the conversational podcast around technology. This is episode 18, and it's also a day before eight-month podcasting anniversary. That is actually insane. You brought that up the other day, and I was like, I was genuinely shocked. Like, it's been eight months since we started our podcast. To everyone listening right now, huge thank you to you for like for letting us know that you actually enjoy the podcast. Because if we didn't know from every single one of you listening that you actually enjoyed it, we would have given up on this a long time ago. And the amount of support and outreach we get from you guys is ultimately just insane. I love it. I, yeah. I'm so happy. Can I say the thing that has been most insane throughout this entire thing for me is the connection that we have with the audience. Like that is unreal. I really feel so connected to everyone listening. And also it feels like everyone understands that we're obsessed with cold brew. This is true. And we've actually <laughs> turned a lot of people on to cold yeah. brew, which for me, is like one of my biggest life accomplishments. No, literally, I remember like, like literally you mass- you sent, so here's the thing guys, so here, everyone listening, this is kind of like a, like interesting thing that you guys will be able to hear for the first time. So Jacqueline will send me tweets from you guys saying like, oh my goodness, like you guys put me on cold brew. Oh my goodness. Like, like cold brew is so good. So on and so forth. And I'm like, this is insane to me to, for me to hear because I'm like, wow, that's like incredible. We've actually convinced people to like start drinking cold brew because we love cold brew so much. And I hope we can also get you guys on that espresso wave or at least me because I'm on that espresso wave right now and I'm loving it. Oh my goodness. But I still do enjoy my cold brew. I just had a cold brew like an hour ago. I'm drinking a cold brew right now for everyone you can hear like the ice. I can't um, do that anymore, man. Oh my goodness. It's almost seven o'clock here recording it, recording this podcast episode and you're having a cold brew. If I had a cold brew right now, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Dude, I have so much work to do tonight. After we record this, I'm recording the iPhone 12 review. Ooh, ooh, I see the blue too. I see the blue color. Oh my goodness. Dude, it looks sick, right? Yeah, it's such a nice color. So I have like an entire night ahead after this, like six to eight hours. So I need the cold brew right now. That is fair. But yeah, no, thank you guys, first of all, for like the support on things that we're interested in. It's been really cool to have like a place to talk about things that Darsh and I are just like genuinely interested in. And then also like, it's been really cool to kind of cultivate a community of people that are also interested in the same things. And like when we launch like a discord or something where the community can kind of be together, I think it will be really cool for everyone to interact and have these common interests and stuff like that. Oh, hundred percent. And I can definitely try to share as much knowledge as I can about as much coffee knowledge I can share <laughs> uh, because here's, here's the thing. So like, I feel like over the past couple of months, especially I've become really, really like into like the science of coffee. And so if that is something you guys are interested in, like a Discord chat, something like that, let us know because I would love to share my coffee knowledge because none of my roommates want to hear it anymore. (laughs) I talk about it way too much. (laughs) Yeah, dude, same. Everyone's like, all right, lay off with the coffee. Exactly. Dude, Culver's just, it's that good. I don't know. Eight months is a long time. Eight months is, like, eight months is a lot. Crazy. of it, That's the thing. It's eight months and 18 episodes. At the beginning, we were getting into our entire routine of it all, figuring out how we wanted to approach things, thinking about how we wanted to do videos and like how much videos brought to, like how much effort and more work videos are in total when it comes to the end of the day. So we've gone through this entire process completely unguided for the most part. And it's actually been a really, really interesting experience. And I'm honestly, I'm in love with it. And like the amount of people who are like showing interest towards our podcast that actually that are huge on YouTube or like huge influences or like mentors to us. That's insane. Like when Mr. Mobile followed us on Twitter, Mr. Mobile, if you're listening to this, Michael Fisher, (laughs) you have been my idol for so long. And it's just insane to think that he's following our podcast. If anyone's listening to this and they are new, welcome. This is a huge community for you guys and for us to be able to talk about everything we love when it comes to tech, but also a cool opportunity for you guys to learn more about us as people and hear our Mm -hmm. beautiful voices once a week. Every Monday at 8 a.m. Every Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern. Eastern. You're going to get an episode. 7 a.m. Central. The amazing thing also is like, we genuinely love just doing this. Like, I honestly feel like even if no one was listening, I would still love doing this every week because we just like, we're talking, you know, we've been friends for, what, five years now? Yeah. Crazy. That's insane. So, I don't know. 
yeah, thank you guys so much for the support. If you are listening and you've liked the podcast, but maybe you haven't done anything to actively like engage, you can follow us on Twitter. We like comment, respond back, uh, have conversations. It would also mean a lot if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you give us a five-star rating oh, and yeah. left a review. We read those, like, we love them, and it actually, I guess it helps, like, get the podcast out to more people. I don't even know if that's how it works, but I think that is how it works. And I don't know, it means a lot to us. Like, Darsh and I are in this for the long game. I think that we'll be doing this podcast for a long time. We really love it, and it seems like you guys enjoy it, too. So thank you so much for the support. This episode is packed. I was about to say, like, November is such a busy month, and there's so much going on, and, like, Techtober really, really did leak into November, and that is, without a doubt, kicking off with Apple's events. So Apple's had events three months in a row, and for everyone listening, we're recording this on November 10th, so that is the same day of the event, and we immediately knew, we're like, okay, this episode, we have to talk about what went down, because this was a monumental event for Apple, and for what I think could be the rest of the computer industry. Like, this is actually, like, a huge leap forward for a bunch of stuff, so I guess if you want to just dive right into it, the M1 chip, so, like, Apple announced today their their new chipset for computers, for Apple computers, for Macs. That's insane. Yeah, it, it is crazy. The M1 means it has a lot of implications for what the future of computers are going to be. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is Apple has kind of like been held back by Intel a little bit. They have to work within the confines of using an Intel chip. And now the fact that Apple's making their own chip means that they can optimize it a lot better. Like one of the Apple's biggest thing is like the hardware and software working together. They have it on the phone with the A14. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're finally making a chip means that they can really control the process and add a lot more optimization, better battery life, things like that. Out of the chip, Darsh, like if you had to explain the chip, like what's different about it in comparison to an Intel chip, how would you describe it to like the general person? Okay, so for the general person, I would kind of break it down into this. So essentially what the M1 chip means for Macs is basically... Apple, as you just said, has full control and versatility when it comes to optimizing their hardware with their software. And the same way that the iPhone is one of the smoothest flowing phones you can buy on the market because Apple both controls the hardware and the software, essentially that's coming to the MacBook. So what you're getting here is effectively better performance per watt. So your central battery life is going to be a lot, a lot better. And they've also integrated a GPU or a graphics processor into the CPU, the overall processor for the computer, so that now whenever you're doing anything graphing intensive, whether that be games, any creative work, anything like that, you're now being offered a lot more performance at a lower cost to your battery life. So they're offering better performance, uh, whether that be gaming, that be Excel sheets, that be video editing, anything like that is just going to be so much more power efficient. And I think it's going to be honestly sick. And one of the things that they've actually claimed is the fact that this is the fastest integrated GPU in any computer. That's crazy. So like, Jacqueline, if you picked up a, let's say, MacBook Air, right? Uh Your GPU in your MacBook Air would be integrated. It would be into the processor itself. It wouldn't be an NVIDIA card or anything like that or AMD. And I think it's eight cores also, right? Yeah, so that's a huge thing too. So it's an eight-core CPU and eight-core GPU. For reference, if you have a MacBook Air right now, it's a dual core. If you have a MacBook Pro Touch Bar, it's a quad core. And if you have a MacBook Pro 16-inch, it is a six-core. This is eight cores, an eight core processor for both the GPU and the CPU. That's honestly insane. So to make it like a little bit more tangible, I think like it offers a lot of real world things that will have an impact on your daily life. So they were showing things like better battery life. Mm -hmm. They were showing things like smoother games and the ability to have applications that are optimized for the chip, but also still use applications that are optimized for Intel. Mm -hmm. So that's like a huge thing, I think, because a lot of people are worried about like, oh, if they move to this new chip, how are we going to use old applications? But it seems like Apple has really worked with developers and thought it out to make it easy to do that. 
And then they also, with the new chip, are now able to offer iOS applications on Mac. Yeah, that's a huge thing. And also, just going back one sec, when you said being able to use both Intel and Mac apps that are optimized with the chip, essentially, I don't know if they did this with, when they switched over from PowerBook, like the PowerPCs to the Intels, but they said they're introducing something called Rosetta 2. So I'm assuming Rosetta 1 was when they switched from PowerPC to Intel processing chips. Yeah, that would make sense. But Rosetta actually, like, it's interesting because it's essentially a software that's integrated within Mac that allows you to use Intel-based applications on an M1 chipped computer. So meaning whenever you're switching over, you're actually not really going to see any issues when it comes to whether or not you're using Intel-based applications. So if something hasn't been ported over yet to M1, according to Apple, at least at this point, they've said that the processing power and the overall power is going to be the exact same or if not better on the M1 chip than an Intel chip, which I think is a really bold statement to make. Very bold. But very, very interesting. It's very bold. They made a lot of bold statements. Like they were- <laughs> Yeah, they did. They brought up a lot of statistics today that were just mind blowing. Dude, they were just going at it. However, some of the statistics were not the most fair. They would be like, it's this many times more powerful than the best selling PC. The best selling PC is not the highest performance PC. Like it's probably a cheaper one. Yeah. People are buying it. So some of the statistics, like they don't feel incredibly fair, but other ones were really, really impressive. Like the fact that this chip can be used in some of the computers without a fan means that it will be silent, which is like, See, in, that's an incredible feat. That scares me. That actually makes me think this is like, this is the next level, like next generation of computing. Because when you think about a device that is so powerful that has no fan in it, you think of a phone, you think of a tablet, you think of maybe a Chromebook if you're into Chromebooks, but you don't actually see anything without a fan fully functional as like a proper computer for your everyday consumption. When they introduce something like this, that's when it gets trippy because I'm like, I really want to test that because my computer's fan goes off every single day and it goes hard when I'm like doing lectures or I'm doing anything. And I'd be really, really surprised to see how well it performs without one. Yeah, and the MacBook Air is the one without the fan. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for that one, they're saying that it's going to be faster than 98% of PCs, three times faster than other notebooks like in the same class. Mm -hmm. That and it has still the same price tag actually. So it starts at around $999, which means that it's going to be a really good option for students. It's going to be a good option for people that want to be productive on the go. And we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but I just want to quickly parallel the MacBook Air to the new 13-inch MacBook Pro because they've updated both the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. And I've been seeing a lot of people online saying like they're too similar now. It's almost like what they did with the iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 Pro where they created two devices that are really, really similar and priced them close together. But this is the argument that some people are making. There's not going to be a huge incentive to get the MacBook Pro when the MacBook Air provides a lot of the same things. What do you think? Okay, so the same way I said with the iPhone 12 Pro and the iPhone 12, and I said that I think everyone should pick up an iPhone 12, but like only real professionals in some space should pick up the Pro. I kind of stand by that with the same thing with the Air and the Pro here, because there's no more MacBook. The MacBook has kind of been phased out. I don't think they're going to refresh it. I don't think they need to anymore. And I think the big thing when it comes to the MacBook Pro is that the big selling point for it is there's better graphics, 11 times faster performance. And again, we're going ahead of ourselves here, but 11 times faster performance with the cooling system. So essentially you're offering a very pro capable device meant for people who actually need that kind of cap those kind of capabilities, such as video editing on the go, creating like an application, like actually coding, maybe whether or not be like proper, proper photo editing, like not like really in-depth Lightroom and Photoshop work. So the MacBook Air, I feel is the absolute best computer for someone who just wants a general computer for their day-to-day -day use. 
and maybe a little bit of graphic stuff here and there because it can still do gaming really well. And it also has an upgraded camera and stuff like that. But the pro, I think, really, really needs to be dedicated towards that professional market of people as it should have been for the past couple of years, but it really hasn't. Like people pick up the MacBook Pro because they're like, oh, it's the more expensive one. The big thing is between the two of them, their battery lives, their battery lives, sorry, are very different. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Uh, I feel like I'm talking, I feel like I'm on a rampage here. I'm so sorry, Jacqueline. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 go. We're both so interested in it and you're like doing a perfect job summarizing it. So thank you. battery life is going to be one of the biggest things that impacts our life. And there are some battery differences between the Air and the Pro. So let's talk about those. Okay, for sure. So basically what the MacBook Pro and MacBook Air differentiate mainly between the two of them, what's the big differentiating factor is, well, for one, I think the M1 chip has actually ended up, has actually been specced up a bit. So though it offers the same performance, the M1 can be supercharged a little bit faster because it actually has a fan. Now with that fan, I'm not sure exactly what that means for battery life because I don't actually see the correlation, but the MacBook Air offers 18 hours of video playback and 15 hours of web surfing versus the MacBook Pro, which offers 17 hours of web surfing and 20 hours of video playback. So it's essentially a two hour difference between the two of them. And my thought process is probably that with the fan, it's able to cool down the computer quicker. And so the battery life is able to be sustained for longer. However, without the fan, I think it might be slowed down a little bit because it has to actually take some time to cool off and it's going to use the battery power to extra charge or supercharge the M1 chip. But battery life this year on the MacBook Pro and the new MacBook Air are going to be insane. Yeah, the battery life is definitely one of the selling points. I personally use a MacBook Air for all of my non-video work. So like I use a really? MacBook Pro as my main computer and then I use the MacBook Air as my like everything else computer mm -hmm. and a little bit less now since of COVID like I'm not like going to cafes like when I used to go to a cafe in the pre-COVID times I would bring the MacBook Air because I didn't want to haul the MacBook Pro mm -hmm. but now since I'm home like I'm using the MacBook Pro for most things but the biggest thing with the Air for me was that it had really good battery life versus my 15 inch MacBook Pro and that's something that we actually did not see upgraded at this event. So if you were really like keen on getting a 16-inch MacBook Pro upgrade, that's not here yet. So the 16-inch is still using the Intel. I think that we'll probably see the 16-inch get this chip when it's on version 2. Mm -hmm. Because for the 16-inch MacBook Pro, you're definitely hitting a very, very pro market of people that are using a lot of really intense things. And there probably needs to be a little bit more time for optimization. Like, of course, Final Cut will be optimized. But I think that they need to optimize it a little bit better, like, work out any of the kinks they don't want to have another situation like they had with the 15 inch macbook pro where it was like throttling and things like that so yeah the 13 inch macbook pro though seems like it actually could be a pro computer for a lot of people like if you're a youtuber and you're listening to this and you don't edit 4k video you're probably totally fine getting the 13 inch macbook pro over the 16 inch macbook pro so that's the big thing so what they were claiming in the in the overall keynote today was that they were experiencing 8K raw video playback in DaVinci Resolve. And that's that. insane. Like I'm doing, I'm doing 4K video playback in Final Cut Pro with my 2018 MacBook Pro with Touch Bar. I spec'd it up pretty well. And I have my fans going off like crazy. Every single time I try rendering it or looking at it in actual raw 4K, I literally can't. I have to press the better performance option when it comes to my viewfinder yeah. instead of the better quality. And I'm like, that kind of sucks because every time I pause my video and I'm editing it, like I see it, I see it crystal clear when I- You see it that it's actually sharp. I see it's actually sharp right? or else I think I'm out of yeah. focus and I'm like, okay, like I messed up the focus on it and for me, focus is I've everything. I've done that so many times. And I'm like, oh goodness gracious, like I messed up. The thing with the MacBook Pro 13 inch, you have to kind of note, and I didn't actually know this because they didn't bring it up properly in the keynote, is the fact that the 13 inch is also still offered in an Intel variant. Yeah. And so the 16 inch and the 13 inch are both offered in Intel variants as well, which is very interesting to see 
because I thought if they were going to put the MacBook Pro out, the 13 inch, they'd be like, all right, everyone just switch over to the, the new one. But I guess they're keeping it still around because a overall spec'd up Intel one is probably just as well when it comes to performance as the M1. And the 16 inch probably spec'd out is probably more powerful than the M1 chip, which is why they probably didn't update it. These are all, this is all speculation, of course, but yeah, the base, the base Apple M1 chip one starts at 1299 mm -hmm. and the base Intel one starts at like 1799. And then the top tier without adding extras starts out at 1499 for the Apple M1 mm -hmm. and the top tier Intel one is $2,000. So it will be interesting to actually like get both and then run speed tests and see because the top tier M1 has eight gigabytes of RAM, whereas the Intel one has 16 gigabytes of RAM, a terabyte of SSD storage versus 512 of SSD. So it seems like the Intel one has better specs aside from the processor. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to actually like see if you can upgrade the M1 and get the similar specs. Like you can get 16 gigabytes of RAM, but that's another $200. You can get one terabyte, but that's another $200. So in order to get it to like the same place, you end up being around a similar price. So it really is going to come down to, I think, do you want an M1 chip? Or do you want an Intel chip? And it could really come down to app optimization. Like they stress the fact that they're helping developers make apps that work on both the Intel and the M1 chip. But if you're like a coder, let's say, that uses an application that isn't optimized yet mm -hmm. or doesn't yeah. work as well in the M1, it may make more sense to go for the Intel. And on that same note, if you want iOS apps on your computer, it makes sense to go for the M1. And I think that we're kind of moving towards a more cohesive ecosystem where all the apps are like kind of coming together and it kind of brings us to the bigger picture which we were talking a little bit about last week of like apple's new business model turning into a service-based business model yeah so it makes sense to have the operating systems be able to work together so then they can sell services that work on both yeah and i think it'd be really really cool to see like i feel in the future that apple will be able to offer their consumers essentially the same performance offered in every single device except the form factor is going to be slightly different each time so it's based off your preference of what your form factor of choice is because the latest ipad pro is close to in performance as probably the m1 chip because they were editing 6k raw video in that demo at wwdc with the i think it was the a12z i believe that's what that's what the a12z bionic that's what the ipad pro 2020 is anyway with that in mind i'm thinking that it would be really interesting to see a lineup of devices that are all in different form factors but all can push out the same type of stuff and the same content the same level of performance overall yeah i mean it makes sense for them from that business model perspective that we were talking about of like selling less hardware things and selling more services and stuff like that it makes sense to have it where it's easier to optimize for them and it's easier to optimize for your own chip than it is intel mm -hmm. also like Apple makes incredible processors. The A14 is one of the most impressive processors in a phone and it saves them profit. They don't have to pay Snapdragon for a processor. They just use A14. Now it's going to be the same thing with Intel. They're not going to have to pay that premium. They can just make their own. Which actually makes me curious because they said that it's $12.99 starting price, which is the same as last year or the last generation. And even though it's still $12.99, wouldn't it be technically cheaper for them to have created their own in-house silicon? Like that's the entire purpose of it, right? You can make your own priced silicon. You can make it a, a fraction of the cost and you're not paying for the royalties for it to use it in your product. So then that looks like they got rid of the low tier 13 inch with the Intel because now the lowest tier Intel one is $17.99. Yeah. So that's why I think performance wise, it still will be smarter to go Intel, but I guess we'll only find out when we get them in hand and we can actually see them perform in different videos. If you upgrade it though, like if you 
take the higher tier M1 and then you upgrade all the configurations, you can get it to a, a very similar spec level. If you are interested in the M1, there are options there, but if you just like go into a store and buy the base one without the upgrades, then the Intel ones are packing more RAM, storage, etc. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I think that it's also really, really cool to see them not forget about the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini made a reappearance at this event. And we're going to talk about that right after the break. So uh, (laughs) if you want to go get a cold brew, you should. We'll be right back to talk about the Mac Mini. And Darsh, what else are we talking about? All right. When we come back from the break, we will be talking a lot about the new Mac Mini and exactly how it really does relate to the future of desktop computing and what we can really expect from Apple when it comes to the future of desktop computing because that iMac design has gotten a little old and a little dated and I want to see what they have coming next. We'll be right back from the break. Grab a cold brew. See you soon. All right, everybody, hope you guys grabbed a cold brew, maybe even a cappuccino, because I know it is the winter months and it is getting a little cold out there. Cappuccino definitely does hit the spot, especially first thing in the morning, um, sometimes over cold brew. That's just my opinion. Darsh, um, no but- way. <laughs> <laughs> I will forever be espresso. I will forever be an espresso lover, but cappuccinos have hit the spot for me in a new way recently, and cold brew will always be a love of my life, but right now I'm You're just- You're expanding your horizon. I'm expanding my horizon. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to commit to anything yet. I want to I want to try new things, you know. You're playing the field with the coffee. <laughs> I'm playing the field seeing what kind of coffees I like to spend time with, okay? <laughs> anyway, though, as we did mention, we do want to come back and talk more about the Mac Mini and everything that was newly offered today, which I'm super super excited about in my opinion. So, Jacqueline, what did you hear today that really I guess stuck out for you when it comes to the new Mac Mini? I just think the fact that they're making a Mac Mini is a pretty big deal. Like, I doubt that that is a device that sells a ton for them. Mm-hmm. So, it's exciting to see that they haven't lost faith in it and that they're still into it because Apple has the flexibility as a company to work on some projects that aren't immediately profitable for them. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think this is one of them. Also, it could be the future. Genuinely, it, it's so small. And if they're able to fit eventually really fast chips and cool it and all these things into a smaller form factor, it makes it a lot more convenient to like actually bring your computer with you. See, okay, so that's the thing, right? So the big thing that they brought up at the keynote was the fact that it's the most versatile Mac. Now, when you actually think about it, it makes sense. Like I have family friends or people I've been to the people's places and they have a Mac mini instead of an Apple TV connected to their projector or their TV or in their like home movie theater, whatever, whatever they're watching their stuff on. If they're watching like in their family room, they'll have a Mac mini there. And I think that's really, really interesting because personally for myself, I've picked up an Apple TV. I think that it's really, really useful. But imagine just having a Mac connected to your TV that you can literally use for watching Netflix or watching any of your content, plus also use it for general day-to-day like web searching and just using a computer. With the M1 chip in it, it's even crazier. So literally everything we brought up today is including the M1 chip. And that just astounded. I was not expecting three new things. I was expecting one new thing. Yeah. And can we talk about the way that they did the three new things, like the transitions and stuff? It mm-hmm. was so smooth. The commercials that Apple produces every single time they announce a new product actually hit the spot. Don't get me wrong. I do still miss Johnny Ive. Johnny Ive, if you're watching this, I want to see videos of you introducing new products again because I miss them. <laughs> Your voice is just, it hits me in a different way. But overall, like... The new Mac mini and all the new Macs that were announced today, like their presentation and the way that they actually introduced them and the way that Tim Cook ended the keynote with the zoom into the Apple logo and then zoom out and he's closing a MacBook, one of the new MacBooks, that was killer. I thought that was beautiful. It was a really, really well-made 
overall commercial and ad, I guess. They just were non-stop with it. They um would show one thing. They would show like the MacBook Air or something, and you'd be like, yes, like this is so exciting. And they'd be like, and then there's another one. And then there'd be like really cool like animation and stuff. Yeah. I mean, like whoever's doing the animation for Apple is so talented. It's unreal. Oh, yeah. Level of talent. If this podcast thing doesn't work out or if my YouTube thing doesn't work out, um, Apple, will you hire me for your ad team? Because like that seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. Like imagining the stuff they use, like they probably use cranes, robots, literally everything to get shots like that. They're the only company right now not making cringeworthy keynotes. Like they're doing it right. Do you remember the thing with uh, Craig? They like they did like a meme. Like, I don't even know. It was weird. Like he opened up a computer and then he was like, this like sets the mood. And then he was like looking at the Oh, computer. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw like, that. That was really funny. That wasn't even awkward, you know? Like I think if other companies did that, it would just be like, oh, like that was so cringeworthy to watch. But they didn't hold it too long. Like it was okay. Yeah, like I think one thing that Apple does that's really, really good that I personally really, really am a huge fan of is the fact that they're able to make things really playful. Like Apple's entire ecosystem and Apple's, Apple's keynotes in general have always been kind of serious, but as of late, they've made them very playful and very free flowing. And I think that really shows in like their company's kind of design and like presentation, like and how they want to present themselves. I feel like it really stands out. And for me, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, they've also kind of changed how they market in terms of like who they send devices to. Like there's definitely a lot more emphasis on YouTubers now than there used to be. Yeah, exactly. But one thing that I've noticed about Apple is that unlike other brands like Samsung or other companies, they mostly send their review units to tech YouTubers. I've noticed that Apple sends the iPhones to a lot of lifestyle YouTubers mm-hmm. because the demographic of people that buy an iPhone are very different than the demographic of people that buy a Samsung phone. Wait, wait, wait when you say lifestyle influencers, who do you mean? Because I saw Charlie D'Amelio got a new iPhone Pro, uh, the oh, 12 Pro. Oh, I saw that. And yeah, I was yeah. like, what? She got a free iPhone 12? I want a free iPhone 12. I want an iPhone 12 Pro. Damn. Yeah, no, I saw her. Like, I saw a bunch of, like, vloggers and people online. And, like, mm-hmm. when I was at an Apple event two years ago, I met this guy there that is now, like, huge with, like, music. Music and he's crushing it mm-hmm. and I remember when I met him I was like oh like you cover tech and he's like no not at all and I was like oh interesting like how are you gonna integrate this and he's like oh like, I'm just playing with it like they hit a very different audience and because of that they give different influencers the phones mm-hmm. but they still focus on the tech community like especially this year the tech community has gotten so many devices from them and you can even see like in their advertising the way they advertise is different than other brands like Samsung embraces a meme do you I don't know if you've seen the advertisement. It's like big phone, big screen, big battery. Like they just like repeat that phrase like three times. Yeah. And like I have. the editing is insane. Yeah. First of all, Samsung does incredible advertising. Like, oh, yeah. I thought that was a supreme ad. I 100% agree. But Apple's advertising is a little bit more elegant. Like it hits a different market. Yeah. Like their stuff is very, very clean and very clear. But kind of moving back into what we wanted to talk about with everyone this section or after the break, I guess, <laughs> talking about the, the new Mac Mini. So just kind of breaking it down a little bit for everyone listening, sorry to take away from our conversation about Apple, but essentially what it's offering now is three times better performance than the past Mac mini, given Mac mini hasn't been updated in a while. So three times better performance. I was kind of expecting that even if it was an Intel processor, not going to lie to you. The fact that there's six times better graphics than the last time, again, I expected more, but it's still good to see that it has a, like a huge jump between the last generation and this generation. And actually, funny enough, I don't know if you remember one of the guys we know from YouTube, Miles Somerville, he was notorious for always having a Mac mini. Like that was his editing device of choice. A lot of creators and a lot of people end up using a MacBook Pro 16 inch, but instead now he's using, I believe now he's using an iMac, but before he was using a Mac mini and using it for so long because you can spec them up so, so high. 
And I guess that's where kind of it comes into the entire thing of how it really is the future of desktop computing. Now, just a quick thing. They did actually update the Mac Mini in March. Oh, wait. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It was not a huge update. You're right about that. But they did actually update it slightly, which feels like a very long time ago because that was at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic time is like insane. But yeah, no. So they, they did update it in like the latter part of March 2020. So I guess that's why there aren't huge jumps like three times and six times is a lot considering that it was updated eight months ago. I retract my statement. <laughs> I retract my statement. No, I actually, I completely forgot about that. Like literally, if you think about it, like quarantine is just kind of, for me at least, time has gone by so slow. I thought it's been over a year. I thought, I was like thinking to myself as I was saying that, I was like, wait a minute, when did the last Mac Mini come out? Cause like, I'm pretty sure it's 2019 and you bring it up, it's 2020. You're right. Like it is 2020. Yeah, our perception of time, it's like March 200 at this point like it's so weird like it feels like no time has passed but at the same time it feels like so much time has passed Mm -hmm. but yeah we we did just have an update for the mac mini so so then three times better performance that's insane because it just updated with the latest (laughs) generation intel oh my goodness this is actually my live reaction i had no idea all right dude i just want to note I do not know if they updated to the latest generation Intel. I know we're going all back and forth in this. I'm going to look it up. On the initial article that I read about this, it seemed like they had, it wasn't that. But let me just see. This is like a, you're getting to see us live do our research. We want to make sure we get this right. I'm, I think it was more so a storage change and a little bit of a chip change, but I could be wrong. Let me just check that. Okay. Was it? I don't know. So the Intel model was an eighth generation Coffee Lake processor with Intel UHD graphics 6, uh, 630 up to two terabytes of storage, 64 gigs of RAM, Thunderbolt 3. So what they've essentially, and oh, and that's price starts at $1,099. And this is starting at $699 and it has the M1. This is the only Intel, this is the only Intel offering right now. So it's this, it's the same as what they had in March, but like, I guess I, in March, they probably had lower tier versions. Yeah. So we don't know if the, like, I, I would assume that the three times and six times is not based on the top tier Mac mini Intel. It's probably based on the lower ones, but in the same way that they, with the MacBook Pro got rid of the lower end Intel ones, they probably did the same thing with the Mac Mini. Yeah, so they probably replaced the baseline Mac Minis now with the higher end ones, which are now offering, again, three times better performance than the Coffee Lake processors that were offered in March, offer six times better performance than the integrated processor that was in the Intel 8th generation. And overall, five times faster than the top selling PC desktop, which kind of comes back to our last point about the entire thing, about how the most bought and sought after Windows computers are usually pretty cheap and they're like not as expensive. So it's it's interesting to see. Yeah, for PCs, a lot of the times people buy lower end ones and like there's a lot more price diversity in PCs than there are for Macs. Like generally for Macs, if we go back a couple of years, like you couldn't really get a current MacBook for under like $700. So mm-hmm. whereas with PCs, there are even like $150 PCs. Like the price diversity is really vast on PCs because there's multiple manufacturers. So when they like compare it to PCs or something, it's not always like the perfectly fair comparison. However, it does make for funny jokes. At the end of the keynote, they had, I think, was one of the funniest things that they've done all year, where they had like the PC guy make a return. Yeah. I thought that was so great. So literally, here's the thing. When it comes to PCs, and PCs and Android kind of fall in the same category in the sense that like it's essentially an OEM taking a software and then putting it onto their device and releasing it. What Apple's kind of saying is, hey, look, we don't care about giving out our software. So we're just going to make the hardware ourselves. And this is what the hardware has been offering. And this is what now we can offer. And what they're saying essentially is that you have full abilities through machine learning now, supercharge abilities, which allow you to do a bunch of cool things that will essentially change the way you use your desktop. And they're saying because it's so versatile and useful, so many more people are going to end up picking it up. And considering the fact that it's only $699, even I'm debating picking it up. I could honestly, without a doubt, I could trade in my MacBook Pro with Touch Bar for a MacBook Air and then pick up 
a Mac mini and then use that for all my editing. And I'd have more space on there. I'd have a concrete system for that. And then I have my laptop for my schoolwork and everything else. And I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be really happy with it. I think that would be fantastic. They, they've hit a market here. Like for me, when COVID's over and I'm like back in an office and stuff, and maybe I have like someone helping me out, like that would be a computer that I would just buy and have it like a workstation for people to use. Like Mm -hmm. if a YouTube friend like visits or something and like wants to, it's, it's in the perfect price range where you can like justify like picking it up like just because like I know it's still expensive, but it provides a lot of value for that price. And it's always good to have a secondary computer in case like your primary one has an issue or you have to ship it in. Like you had you had to ship in your MacBook Pro, right? Not even ship in. So this is when quarantine wasn't that heavy in Canada or in Ontario. So I actually booked an appointment. It was a 45 minute drive away because the place that was close to me didn't have appointments for the week and I needed my computer fixed before I went back to school. And I had to drive 45 minutes, went there, took my laptop in, hoping just to get a couple keys replaced because I had a keyboard issue. And they straight up said, yeah, this is the second time you're in for a keyboard issue. We just have to replace your entire keyboard, but we don't have the part. The part's going to come in in a couple of days. So you're going to have to leave your computer here for a week. And I'm like, what? I have work. I have podcasts. I have my videos. I have everything. And I think after that was the last time I made a video. <laughs> like I had made, I've made videos since that moment. Cause I literally just, wait, are you being serious? I don't think I've made a video since then. Cause I remember after I got it back, I was working full time. So I didn't have a chance and I moved to school and I haven't made a video since I've been at school. Oh my God. I thought you were like making a joke there. No, no. A long time. Like, wow. That's a, a really long time, Darsh. That's yeah, insane. I have to get back into well, the technically, grind. Technically you've made two videos a week because of digital dive. Oh, speaking so. of which, if you aren't already checking out our YouTube channel, you go check that out. It is linked in the show notes down below and it, also features a ton of cool videos and cool A-roll setups by both myself and Jacqueline, of course. And it's honestly, I think, I think we're pretty good at it. I think it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'm working on making my set a little bit better. Like I want to actually like create like a digital dive room because right now like I'm in like the MBT set. If I was at my office, which I, I feel like I've talked about a million times on the podcast, if I was at my office, like I would have like a dedicated area for it, but I still want to do that if I can. So it should only get better from here, but I feel like we're kind of hitting our stride with like topics and thumbnails and oh, yeah. a large part of that is because of Luke, our incredible friend and editor. And Luke actually, I think that he just upgraded, but prior to this upgrade, he was using a Mac Mini. Really? See, this is what I mean. Mac Minis are literally so useful. And like, I'm genuine, I, like, I literally am not kidding whatsoever. I am genuinely and have genuinely been thinking about upgrading to a Mac Mini all day. Interesting. Now, why would you do that though over your 13-inch MacBook Pro that already has like the display built in, it's portable, etc. So, okay, so when I say upgrade, I mean I want to upgrade and downgrade at the same time. I want to go pick up a Mac Mini, but I also want to go pick up a MacBook Air. So essentially, I'd be getting a Mac Mini for my main setup so I can do all of my freelance work, all of my graphics work, everything that I need to do on a computer can be done there. But then I still have a portable, decently priced machine that I can take with me on the go if I need to do work at someone's place or I'm going home for the weekend, like I need to just have something I can take with me, take that. But then I have a Mac mini as my main powerhouse for like everything else because ultimately my computer is two years old. So, oh wait, didn't you just buy it though or no? So I'm in my third year of university right now for everyone listening. With that all being said, my third year university, I bought this in first year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right before I came up. So it was right after the refresh when they got quad cores put into the computers. Gotcha. So you don't have the new keyboard then? No, I have the old butterfly mechanism. Which is why you had that whole problem. Okay. That's going full circle now. Yeah. So so exactly. Now it makes sense because I'm kind of like, okay, I'm kind of over this keyboard. I kind of want the new keyboard. I also don't like the touch 
touch bar very much. Like I genuinely don't find much use for it. Really? I like it. Like I like it, but I don't use it for editing. Yeah, I don't use it either. When I'm editing, I use all my keyboard shortcuts that I've known for so long. And then I like the idea of being able to precisely move up the volume or brightness, but I'm like, that's just kind of, it's unnecessary. And it, I don't even think it works like that. I think it literally just goes up by tier, like the same way it's, <laughs> it's done all its time. Yeah, I, I like the touch bar, but I've also had some issues with it where it will freeze and I'll have to restart the entire computer. Exactly. And it's just kind of annoying. Like I don't see the purpose of it. And so for that incident itself, like looking at the new Mac mini, so we're looking at three times better performance than the past Mac mini, Mac mini which was just upgraded. Six times better perfor uh, graphics performance. It's superchargeability. So you can essentially have machine learning create and help you do when it comes like graphic design stuff. So they were basically demonstrating in Pixelmator, if you were zooming in to a picture and it was a little blurry, it would essentially use the machine learning to recreate those lost pixels and make it look a lot smoother and more real to life, which is insane. So that in combination with 6K output, I'm sold. I totally agree. I mean, I think that the Mac mini is going to be a great device for people that want a desktop, but don't want that don't want to spend on the Mac pro, which is much more expensive. It will be interesting to see like how far you can spec up the Mac mini and how good it is for editing and things like that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I don't think that it's necessarily for me as like an editing computer. I'm much better mm -hmm. off with like a MacBook Pro and an like XDR display or something. But it seems like they've made it a lot more powerful. It feels like we're moving in a direction where eventually they're going to update the iMac. Mm -hmm. um, and they're also going to update the Mac Pro maybe eventually with the M1. I don't think that they'll update the Mac Pro for a while since they just did like a major update on it. But oh, yeah. they could offer a version with the M1 and like just kind of like do it subtly on the site. But what like what are you hoping for in the next iMac? I have a bit of a Christmas list. And um, Apple, if you're watching, I would like it in a 27-inch size, please. <laughs> um, okay, basically, if I can get a new iMac and I want to be able to choose what it looks like, my big thing is design. The design of the iMac is so stale, it's literally a decade old, even more than. I, I used to have a 2011 Sandy Bridge Core i7 quad-core iMac. Like my family bought one for the house type thing. Like it was our only computer in the house at the time. So we all used that. And that computer was a powerhouse in its time, but it looks the exact same as the current iMac. Just it's not a brick anymore. It's like now it's a little thinner on the back. I want to see an XDR display type design come to the iMac. That's what the pro displays used to be. The pro displays literally used to be the exact iMac design, just no computer in the back of it. Yeah. So I want that. And I want the Apple Silicon in integrated in it. So it's like the most powerful possible computer when it comes to Macs. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm very aligned with you on that. I've gotten so used to having a laptop where I can like work on my computer, but then take it on the go. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll always have a MacBook Pro, at least for like the foreseeable future. But as I get more into like the world of like 4K raw and 6K, like as the channel grows and I upgrade stuff and things become more intense and I feel like a iMac Pro or a Mac Pro is super important to get your performance. Because even now on my MacBook Pro, it struggles a little bit and yeah. it was spec'd out completely at the time. So there's always room for improvement. Like every year when they come out with something, I'm like, oh my gosh, like they don't need to do anything else. But at the same time that the processors and the chips are improving, the quality of footage that we're shooting is also improving. So if like you were editing 1080p footage from 2010, it would fly on this. But as you're editing 6K footage, it, it kind of, it meets its uh, match in a way. So Exactly. And the thing with laptops as well is kind of like, it's still a laptop. It's still meant to be a portable computer. And as much as it is a powerhouse as a portable computer, I feel like it still misses the aspect of having an actual power supply built in, like a proper power supply where you can like literally keep it well-powered and well-functioning all the time, which I think the new Mac mini is going to really, really well offer. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I think that this event like has really showed us that Apple has the ability to kind of change an entire industry, affect Intel stock price like overnight, like 
Oh yeah, there's I'm a lot not going t- on here. Yeah, that's gonna I'm, I'm that's gonna hit Intel stock. I don't know. I think that we'll probably see some other companies be like, all right, like if Apple can do it, we can do it, and try to invent their own chips. But Apple's in a really unique position where they've been inventing their own chips for their smartphones for many years. Where as a lot of the other major manufacturers like Samsung had the Exynos, but they mainly use the Snapdragon. So I don't know. Apple's in a really good position here. I think that it would be really interesting to hear what you guys think. So uh, let us know on Twitter at Digital Dive Pod. If you were like really impressed by this announcement. Also, we tried something a little different with this episode where we picked like one main topic instead of like doing a bunch of different topics. Let us know if you like that or if you like the episodes where we're covering like four different things that are not really that related. So let us know on Digital Dive Pod. That's like your one call to action. That's the only thing we'll ask you to do this week. Exactly. But if you want to leave a five star rating, you also can. Five star ratings are really, really pretty and I really like looking at them in the morning. So if you guys want to <laughs> give us a nice morning wake up with our cold brews, uh, that would definitely, definitely be a nice thing to look at. But also, as always, huge thank you to Adil Constantine for our intro and outro music. It's literally fantastic. I genuinely like listening to it. Jam out to it. Honestly, yeah. And a huge thank you to Luke, of course, our friend and editor. If you haven't seen our ep- episode with him yet, it literally dropped like last week from when we posted this. So from when we're recording this, two weeks ago from when we're posting this. So go check it out. He's a cool guy. Definitely a fun guy to talk to. But yeah, with that all being said, I think that's the end of this episode. Episode number 18 is now the fan. Finished, I think. That's, that's how you... That's how all right, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, Thanks see so you much. guys next week. Thanks so much, guys.